welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication and tickets are on sale now. The second early bird discount will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club, Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to Ambassador's Corner. We're a couple minutes early, but uh, let's get going and um, uh, welcome. <laughs> so I am uh, standing in for Stevie tonight um, because she is still in London. Uh, Stevie and the team are doing uh, VIA in London. Yeah, I think they should be wrapping up. And so, yeah, I think it was a, a success. Um, so yeah, Ambassador's Corner here on Clubhouse. This is going to be replayed on the Italian Wine Podcast, uh, probably in the next few weeks. And we do that so that people from different time zones can tune in. Now, uh, tonight we have, uh, Rebecca Severs speaking with Giovanni Nordera. And I'm going to just, uh, Rebecca, I'm going to give you a, a very quick uh, intro. And then uh, I got a couple questions before we get started. So uh, Rebecca Severs is from Memphis, Tennessee, and she is very passionate about wine and Italy. And she became a restaurateur at a very young age. She and her husband opened Bari Ristorante e Enoteca nearly 20 years ago. She's the owner, front of the house manager, and wine buyer. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's awesome. And she also decided to get further into Italian wine. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but you became a certified Italian wine professional in 2017 through the Napa Wine Academy. And you are also a Vinitaly Academy, International Academy Ambassador stu uh, student. And you travel to Italy whenever you, know, you get the chance. Have I, have I gone wrong anywhere, Rebecca? No, that is all correct. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I actually remember most of that from an interview you did with uh, Rebecca, other Rebecca, <laughs> yes, um, about a year and a half ago. Um, I thought it was a really cool conversation. Yeah. So, uh, so how are how's everything going? How how's Tennessee? It's it's good. Everything's fine. Awesome. <laughs> What's the weather like? It's hot, probably right. Uh, it's it has been insanely hot, but today it decided to. We've got um 
floods today. So it's it's pouring down rain and it's 85 degrees instead of 115. So that's great. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I won't complain then. It's pretty hot here too, but that sounds uh, a bit more drastic. It's very windy. Let me let me get get asking you these these questions. Stevie loves the learning objectives. How did you discover the wines of Pasqua Vignetti and Cantina? A Cantina. Sorry. Well, um, we in Memphis didn't really have Pasqua wines, but we are very fortunate to have their Southeast regional manager that works for Pasqua actually lives in Memphis. And so when, when she started working for Pasqua, um, she was instantly excited to have to bring the wines to Memphis. And she was, you know, equally excited to have, to have us try the wines. And, um, that's kind of how it, how it happened. Um, you know, we, we saw a lot of their wines by the glass. We saw a lot of their wines by the bottle. Um, so that's kind of the, they say uh, the rest is history. Um, they were actually the first, the first ones to bring a Prosecco Rosé, and so we started selling one by the glass when, when that first came out, when there were no other Prosecco Rosés in the Memphis market. So that's kind of cool. So you cornered that. That's that's awesome. And um, yeah, so so when uh, when did you, why did you select uh, Giovanni Nordera as your favorite producer? Like, what, uh, is there anything so, we, we should take away from this conversation? Like... I, Learning wise, um, I, I selected him because we just, my husband and I were actually in um, Italy in June and we visited the winery um, after selling so much of their wines for the past few years. Um, it was a really nice treat to visit the winery. Um, we actually toured the My Dire My Vineyards with Giovanni and he was just so open to all of our questions and he was excited that we were excited about it. His passion was very obvious um, with the in the vineyards with the the grapes. Um, we could have spent hours there just talking and looking at the grapevines. Um, so I just think in general, Pasqua wines are really well made, and people should be drinking them. So I just kind of wanted to to um, continue the conversation with Giovanni and kind of share just share um, my love of Pasqua wines. Super. Yeah, no, it's also it's also really great, you know, to sort of strengthen the connection when you get to to have these conversations and just, you know, just chit chat and uh, in a friendly way. Because it's, it's, you know, it's it's not really formal. It's just it's really nice to connect. So so it's great. Um, let me let me just uh, let's, let's see here. Are you there, Giovanni? Yes, I'm there. Nice Hi to, to everyone. You. Hello. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you in Rebecca's very capable hands, and at the end, if there are time for questions, usually there isn't, but um, just because um, you know when when you get to talking. But if there is, then I'll be back and and I'll, I'll put those out. Um, enjoy, I'll be back. <laughs> All right. Hello, Giovanni. Hello. <laughs> so I'm just gonna introduce um, Giovanni and give you a little a little background before I start asking questions. Giovanni was born in 1978. He is originally from Vicenza, um, a small town near Verona. He joined the Pasqua Winery in 2005 and is the technical director of production. He graduated from, he graduated in viticulture and enology from the University of Udine. I don't know if I say that correctly. <laughs> um, after his studies, he 
had several international experiences as an enologist at Hamilton Russell in South Africa, um, in Chile at Santa Rita, um, and Vina Morande studying um, different aspects of enology and fermentation techniques on different local varietals there. Um, he then spent time at the University in Bordeaux where he studied different topics um, of vineyards. He also worked at Piovane Porto Godi. I don't know if I said that correctly. Um, it's a family winery as a consultant and at a winery in St. Emilion where he supervised the vinification of Chardonnay and Sauvignon and other local red varietals. Um, his international experience has given him a very broad knowledge of the wine world. Um, he's fluent in English and French. He is also an avid skier and surfer, which we talked about a little bit when we were there in the vineyards with him. Um, he loves the sea and mountains. And he has two children, Tommaso and Letizia. So that is a little of Giovanni's background. Um, so my here are my questions. Are you ready, Giovanni? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I'm okay. ready. I'm ready. So family is very important to my husband and I. Bari is, is family owned and run. We're very hands-on. Um, we work side by side with our employees. Our sons, who are now teenagers, are working with us in the kitchen. Um, after we had tasted Pasquale wines and we, we liked them the way they tasted, what really drew us more into Pasquale was learning about how family-oriented and hands-on Alessandro and Ricardo are. Um, meeting some of their employees when we visited the winery, the, the very first thing they mentioned um, without us you know, saying anything was that how family oriented they are and how they are all treated like family. So what drew you to working at Pasqua? I started working uh, for Pasqua 15 years ago. Uh, at that time, uh, I moved uh, there because uh, I made a promise to a promise to my grandfather to work in the family business. Uh, and uh, because at that time, Pasqua now uh, even is a, it was and is a very important Italian company. Yes, um, it is a very, it's just family. It just kind of sticks with me. And I, I really love that. And I love to promote and sell Italian wines that are, you know, small family producers. Um, so you, you said you've been with Pasqua since 2005. Things change over time. What significant changes have you experienced in the past 17 years that have affected your winemaking, that either good or bad? Yeah, I've been working since uh, 17 years uh, for the company. It, uh, it is a long time uh, and uh, I experienced many things. Uh, first uh, at all, uh, our uh, internal generational uh, change. That was a very important moment uh, because uh, uh, I think third generation changed uh, a lot the idea of the company, uh, focused our aim in the quality. So quality of the wine, quality in viticulture and uh, quality of life. In um, that long period, uh, we noticed that um, what people liked and how the taste changes frequently, and um, which are the preferences concerning the wine uh, 
technique. I think uh, uh, I didn't notice uh, um, lots of changes because, in my opinion, the game changer in uh, enology was the use of chill in order to reduce the temperature of the fermentation, keeping and preserving all the grape aromas. So what we can see today, we could uh, uh, even use alternative tank, like crit uh, ones and the ceramic ones. But uh, um, I think that's the biggest uh, um, game changer was the, the use of the chill for uh, conduce fermentation. All right. Yes. Um, I think the generational changes we've, we're seeing a lot. And I think it, you know, in order to be relevant in the wine world, you have to preserve your family's legacy at the same time adapt. And I think you guys do a great job of that. So well done. <laughs> um, so when when did you know that you wanted to be a winemaker or did the opportunity just present itself to you? Uh, I can answer you uh, that uh, at the beginning, uh, I think the opportunity presented to myself. Uh, and uh, for that, I started to study viticulture and enology at the university. But uh, I really decided uh, to became a winemaker while I was working in uh, Chile, which was in uh, 2003, uh, for the company you mentioned, uh, Vigna Morandé. Uh, in fact, in that time, uh, I had uh, the opportunity to work with uh, uh, Macarena Morandé, that was the daughter of the owner. And together we were uh, tasting the wines uh, while uh, they were fermenting. And uh, in uh, that moment, uh, I realized uh, that the taste uh, was different uh, day by day. And so in that uh, moment, I decided to become a winemaker because uh, uh, my work would have not been boring, never. Because uh, I thought that every vintage uh, uh, will be different from the others. Um, well, that kind of brings me to another question that I had about winemaking. Um, so, you, Pasqua has this wine, the, the label is, hey friends, you could have made this, but you didn't. Um, it's one of my favorite white wines that's out right now. And it's got this cool graffiti label, uh, but there's also the concept of blending different, different vintages of the same grape. And that's, it's kind of intriguing to me. And it just, it makes this beautiful, complex wine. So how do you decide which vintages and what percentage to use in the blends? Yeah. <clears throat> hey, French uh, is uh, one of my favorite wine too. Uh, I think it, it is very exciting to have the opportunity to blend such uh, different vintages. And normally we choose uh, four or five vintages and uh, we decide uh, the percentage depending of the characteristic of the vintages. Um, I think that the result is uh, very interesting because finally the wine is very complex and uh, very 
very, uh, with a very long aging potential, given by this technique, by the, uh, the Garganega, that is the pre predominant uh, cultivar, and uh, by the volcanic soil that uh, uh, characterized all the area. We uh, are growing vines uh, out there at uh, uh, 600 meters uh, above the sea level. So it is an important um, uh, place uh, for the, the area. Wow. When was the first vintage of that? Well, not vintage, but bottling. How, how many years have you been making it? Yeah, the, the first uh, experience, uh, so first uh, edition uh, was released uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago. So it's a, a recent, a recent experience. Nice. So it'll be uh, be interesting to see just how long these can age and how they change with some bottle age. Yeah, um, that is right. a very interesting. So we we all know, you know, climate change is a big issue for for growing grapes, and soil types can differ from you know a mile to a foot away. Um, what are what are some of the climate changes that you face um, in the Montevegro vineyards that are situated on the top of a of a hill? Um, what are just some of the? Have you seen any changes, or how yeah. does that affect? Yeah, this is an important question. Uh, yes, I think uh, climate change is the the biggest issue of the moment, and uh, every day I think on it. Uh, uh, it is uh, like an uh, obsession, you know, especially in this moment that uh, in Italy we are uh, experiencing the worst uh, drought since ever. So uh, it's a really uh, uh, an important topic. Uh, in Montevegro, we are based on the top of the hill and um, the problem in the last uh, years is that the sun is becoming uh, more stronger and uh, uh, we should uh, protect more the grape, uh, maybe with, uh, with the use of the shadow. Uh, so I think it uh, could be interesting uh, uh, to plant uh, the pergola system, that was the ancient uh, uh, system uh, of the area, instead of Guyot, Guyot is the, the French method, in order to have uh, more uh, protection, because uh, in the pergola system, uh, leaves uh, can uh, easily protect uh, the grape uh, from uh, the sun rays. And uh, when you were there, I, I told you that uh, in the last uh, 15 years, uh, we start to no notice uh, what we call the sunburns. So, so a part of the the cluster is uh, attacked is uh, and finally is destroyed by the uv rays that are too strong so another uh, things uh, is a, a project you know is a thing is to uh, could be to uh, thinking to put uh, uh, some uh, nets over the plants in order to reduce the uv radiation and also the temperature of the canopy. And uh, this system works for uh, other plantations in, in Italy, like, for example, the, the kiwi, but uh, nobody experienced uh, that technique for the wine grape. So it's only uh, an idea. But I think we have to, to do something because uh, uh, I, we, we realized that in the last... Uh, 10 years, the, the temperature uh, 
are augmenting uh, all, all the time. So we have to move, we have to think uh, for the next uh, 30, 40 years. So we have to, to do the right uh, cho choices. Yes, it's very important. So maybe you can be the first one to, to figure that out, a new system to protect the, the vines. <laughs> I know everybody has a favorite grape, but as a winemaker, is there a grape that you have a love-hate relationship with? And if so, why? But, uh, I think uh, I, I like uh, a lot of grapes you know, uh, here in, uh, in Verona, in, uh, in other countries. Uh, and uh, it's really uh, interesting to see how they can uh, express uh, during the, the fermentation uh, and uh, uh, what different uh, are uh, each other's. And um, I like uh, Corvina, of course. I like Cabernet Sauvignon. I, I love Sauvignon Blanc, uh, for example, but... Uh, Maybe the the grape I I'm, I best like is uh, the, the the Pinot Noir, you know, uh, because I think uh, I could have uh, you know, some uh, similitude with uh, that grape, uh, because uh, Pinot Noir is uh, gentle, is delicate. Uh, I think is a little bit shy at the beginning, like me, but uh, uh, once uh, uh, you transform uh, Pinot Noir grape in a wine. Uh, Maybe after years, uh, no, uh, it, it can make uh, one of the best uh, uh, wine uh, ever, I think. And uh, another thing I like, uh, I like Pinot Noir because it's very uh, difficult to vinify, no, because the skin is very delicate. Uh, it hasn't too much color, so you have to preserve it, you have to fix it. Uh, the tannins uh, sometimes are bitter, so you have to manage it. Uh, so it's not it's not uh, easy, but uh, and so you have to um, interpret every vintage. So it's difficult, but it can give to you uh, such a lovely result. We had mentioned the Hey French, but can we talk about the My Dyer My Amarone? Um, it's been called Pasqua's new iconic Amarone. Um, it's it's scored. 95 points in the decanters world wine awards last year and um, was wine of the year for 2022. So can you tell us about it and how it differs from the, the Familia Pasqua Amarone? Yeah. So the, the varieties that uh, make up the, the blend of my uh, my Amarone are uh, Corvina, Corvinone, Rondinella and uh, Oseletta. The first uh, three varieties uh, are uh, the dominant uh, in uh, Valpolicella's Valley. And the last one uh, is uh, an indigenous uh, grape, uh, not so common. Corvina gives the uh, fruit aromas, uh, no? in particular cherry aroma. Corvinone gives the, uh, the spice, uh, the spiciness to the wine. Rondinella, the acidity and the longness in the, the palate. And uh, uh, Oseletta, finally, is very important for uh, our Mai Dire Mai Amarone because uh, it can uh, give to the wine the structure, the color, and the acidity that we need. Uh, the soil in Montevegro is uh, uh, predominantly calcareous, 
and uh, for that fact the roots of the plants uh, have to go deep in the soil to catch uh, all the elements uh, that uh, the, the, the plant needs. And uh, that fact characterizes the uh, verticality and the minerality of the wine. This uh, Amarone is different from uh, Familia Pasqua Amarone and from a traditional Amarone. Uh, I could say it's uh, unconventional. It's uh, uh, a new style Amarone, maybe a, a new school Amarone uh, with uh, no residual sugar, uh, a very complex Amarone, very mineral, with, with a lot, lot of structure. And uh, it's very important, even the acidity, uh, because in this wine is very important and uh, guarantees uh, the long life in bottle. Uh, at the beginning, when we started to do to produce uh, my dreamy, the aim was uh, uh, thinking of an amarone that uh, may have aged for many, many, many years. So we a little bit uh, we we change a little bit the style of uh, amarone is a maybe a new a new form of uh, a new interpretation of uh, of the grapes. Yes, it's um it's very different from from the Pasqua Amarone, and which I love because they're both wonderful wines in their own. Um, so if, if anybody hasn't tried the My Dara My Amarone, you should definitely grab a bottle. Um, the Valpolicella is really incredible too. I We got to taste that when we were there and I'm waiting for its arrival in Memphis so I can share it with everybody else here. So hopefully we'll, we'll have that soon. What is what is your what's the most favorite? You'd mentioned fermentation and tasting, you know, and changing um, the taste changing daily. What is your most favorite part of the, the winemaking process? Yeah, <clears throat> at the um, when I started to work, the, I was uh, really look uh, after the the fermentation. So I I, I, I look after the the yeast that I, I used, the the temperature fermentation, the uh, bacteria for malolactic, uh, and uh, after years. After years, uh, uh, now I think one of the things I like uh, uh, best do is uh, uh, to to taste uh, the, the wine from the barrel uh, in order to make the, the blends. And uh, what really I, I love now is uh, uh, the, the viticulture because uh, I, I really love to go to, uh, to the vineyard and uh, see how the, the grapes are in the... Uh, which condition and uh, I think is uh, really a, a, a tricky thing because you have to uh, fight uh, with uh, the weather. You, you every day you, you you look at the forecast and uh, you hope. Uh, in this case, we hope that uh, it rains, but normally we we hope uh, we don't like uh, too much rain. But uh, I think uh, that uh, the plants. Uh, no, uh, I think the grapes uh, in the plants are like the your children, so you have to look after with uh, with love, and uh, it's very it's very tricky, it's very passioning, uh, and because uh, uh, the grape and the plant are uh, are alive, and so uh, I think uh, there are uh, many many uh, factors, many variable variables, uh, and so. Is very very tricky, and uh, I love that. I love to go to the vineyard and uh, check the uh, quality, the maturity, and uh, taste the the berry uh, and uh, 
see uh, how the, the vintages are different, no? So that is what I, I really love in my work. Are you enjoying this podcast? There is so much more high-quality wine content available from Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Check out our new wine study maps, our books on Italian wine, including Italian Wine Unplugged, The Jumbo Shrimp Guide to Italian Wine, Sangiovese Lambrusco and other stories, and much, much more on our website, mamajumboshrimp.com. Now back to the show. I I knew that you loved that because we... <laughs> Like I said, we could have spent hours just in the vineyard and we you would get you talking and you would start picking picking leaves off and getting really involved and um I know you could you could spend hours there and there's there's so many so many vines in one vineyard. So it could take you all day. I just didn't know if there was another part of the winemaking process that, that really was, you know, more more favorite than than being in the in the vineyard. Um, but, uh, I, I like fermentation because the fermentation is uh, the moment you know when you you wait uh, you wait uh, ten months you know to to keep the the grape and then you you crush the grape and uh, you notice if the color is okay and then uh, you wait uh, three four days that the fermentation starts and uh, the perfume uh, comes out and. Uh, you 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 start to think uh, to think if uh, the, the 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 vintage is good uh, how is the, the some uh, how are the some uh, flavor uh, and so it's uh, exciting because we have a expectation expectation on it uh. so that is a very nice moment too nice so what what wine are you most proud of uh, that you've made at Pasquale? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the, the we are very proud, uh, and which are the the what we call the icons. So I, uh, I could say the Romeo and Juliet family, uh, of course the uh, my dear my family. So the my dear my uh, Amaroni and uh, Valpolicella, uh, Hey French, uh, then uh, Eleven Minutes, uh, and uh, Why. I think these are the, uh, see the what we call the icons. So what we uh, really look after with a lot of passion and uh, and love. Yes, those are all. They're such great wines. They really are. Um, the eleven minutes is incredible. It's we sell a lot of it here. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, and the Romeo and Juliet. The 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 whole line um yeah yes is there are there any is there anything that you would like our listeners to know that that i haven't asked you about yet but uh i don't know because uh <laughs> i think uh, uh i think i want to 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 tell uh, uh is um a problem that we have uh, now in the vineyard no because uh, it was a, a problem that uh, seemed to be resolved many years ago. Now, I remember I, I went to France in 2000 uh, to look after the golden flavishens that was uh, at the time was really a good, a, a very uh, big problem, very a big issue. 
And uh, now, after 20 years, uh, we start to see here in Verona, especially in the Suave area, in Prosecco area, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of vineyards with uh, that illness. That is uh, endemic, so it's very dangerous. That illness is uh, uh, caused by a, a phytoplasma that is a bring by an insect that is called the Scaphoideus titanus that uh, goes to the vineyard and uh, spray the, this uh, illness. And uh, when you realize that you have uh, this uh, problem, you have to, to cut the vine. Now that is the solution. You have to cut the, the vine uh, with the problem. Otherwise, uh, in a few years, you will see in two or three years, your whole vineyard completely destroyed. And so this is a big problem. And I think all the, the winemakers, the producer, the grape producer have to fight together to defend ourselves from that insect. So we have to work really close one to each other because it's a big, big problem. And... Is a risk. Is a risk for the whole uh, viticulture. So, but uh, it's not easy to resolve. So we have to to study uh, different uh, techniques or whatever. Yeah. Is there? Are you working with other um, other winemakers to to figure out the problem? Is there a, yeah. a group? Or, yeah. 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 There is a group, and uh, we are working uh, for the instant uh, with the. Uh, consortium of uh, Suave, now the DOC Suave, and uh, we are uh, talking, uh, making group, uh, talking with um, the, um, the region, uh, and so to try the system uh, to uh, make the, the region uh, uh, solve the problem, uh, go out uh, and uh, uh, look after which uh, vines are uh, affected, because the problem is uh, also that uh, people that uh, have uh, this problem they don't uh, denounce it, you know, they and they don't uh, want to denounce uh, the the people that have uh, close to de them, you know, and so uh, we have to 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 solve this problem because uh, it's a risk, it's a risk, you know? because if we don't do anything now, we will have uh, the problem uh, in a few years uh, and uh, will be a, a big one, you know. So we have to to solve now. Uh, Yes, save the suave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very save important. suave and prosecco too. Uh, yeah. Let's let's get everybody on that. We've got to figure out <laughs> figure yeah. out a solution. Yeah. Oh. So can um, the let's talk about the eleven minutes, uh, rosé. I know that um, there you have a new version of that, and it's it's aged a little. I don't. It's not here yet, so I don't. We haven't been selling it, but um, is it called Y? Is that correct? Yeah. Yes, it is so correct. Is, is that out? Um, is it out now? Did it come out last year? Yeah, yeah, they, it came out last year. So Y is, uh, uh, we can say, uh, uh, the big brother of uh, 11 uh, minutes. Y is, uh, uh, I could say, a, a gastronomic wine. So... Uh, it's very um, useful with the, the food, you know? and uh, uh, the cepage, the, the cultivar, are similar. So we have uh, Corvina, we have uh, Trebbiano di Lugana, we have a Carmenere. You know? We don't have a Syrah that uh, composes the 11 minutes, 
And so these uh, three uh, cultivar makes uh, uh, the, the blend. It's very interesting to mix uh, uh, Corvina, that uh, Corvina uh, represented the, the backbone of the wine, that uh, it gives uh, to the wine the acidity. Then, uh, and uh, the, uh, of course, the, the, the cherry aromas, the fruit aromas. Then we have uh, uh, Trebbiano di Lugana, that is very unuseful and uh, very interesting because uh, it gives to the wine uh, a very a, 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 a longness in the, on the palate, so it's very important. And then uh, we have uh, Carmenere. Carmenere is not uh, a common uh, um, vineyard here but it's very interesting in our uh, uh, blend because uh, it gives to the to the rosé to this rosé the the structure that we need and uh, um, i i say that is a uh, the bigger uh, brother of the 11 minutes because uh, uh, this wine is uh, uh, more uh, bodied obviously more structured and uh, it uh, ferment and stay in a barrel for uh, six months. So uh, there is also this creaminess uh, given by the, the woods that uh, bounds very well uh, with uh, the taste of the wine. So uh, normally, uh, uh, why uh, uh, go to the uh, public after two years from the vintage? No? Because it's a more uh, complex rosé. And uh, 11 minutes uh, is a more uh, ready product. Now that uh, comes out uh, uh, normally six months, six, seven months after the vintage. The, see the vintage. All right. Well, that sounds good. I can't wait for it to be available in the, the U.S. I have tasted it, but I, I don't have access to sell it yet. So I'm excited about that. Um, can we talk about, let's see, the, your, the Romeo and Juliet line. I know it is very iconic um, for Pasqua and iconic for, for Verona. Um, the, the label is the, you know, the graffiti from the, the wall. Um, is there anything, I don't you do, it's the Prosecco, Prosecco Rosé, you have a Bianco, an Aroso. Um, what... I don't know. What can you tell us about the the Bianco and the Rosso? Yeah, um, you were referring uh, uh, because uh, I did not hear you. Uh, you, you was uh, referring to uh, Romeo and Juliet lines. Am I right? Yes, correct. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. So uh, Rosso and uh, Bianco, Romeo and Juliet are. Uh, Maybe the, the first uh, iconic wine we uh, introduced a uh, few years ago, maybe I don't remember well, maybe um, was like uh, um, eight to nine years ago. And um, they are uh, uh, very uh, typical from the area, I, I can say, because uh, both of them uh, have uh, the same uh, uh, method of appassimento. Uh, in, uh, in both uh, cases, the... Uh, the grape are harvested and are dried for a short period. Short period, it means maximum one month and not more. And in this period, the grape lose a little quantity of water so they can concentrate. 
and uh, uh, about Passimento Bianco is made with uh, uh, Garganega, no? with Garganega only. Garganega is the main uh, uh, variety of uh, all area of Suave, so it's a, a very important white grape with a, a lot of acidity. And uh, um, after the, the, the period of uh, drying, the, we crush the grape, we do a, a cold maceration and uh, uh, we ferment at low temperature. And finally, we obtain a, a wine with no malolactic, very fresh, very crispy, about uh, around 13 degrees of alcohol. So very uh, intense in the nose and very pleasant. And uh, about uh, the red, we use the, the, the grape from the area. From the Veneto area, and uh, is uh, normally we, we do even in that case we do a one month of drying process. So uh, we have a concentration, and uh, uh, after the fermentation that normally lasts uh, uh, one month, uh, we have a, a big wine, uh, very structured, uh, and uh, with a pleasant uh, uh, hints of fruit, uh, and. Uh, um, the the with a, very, a lot of body and a long finish, so we have a, a red wine, very modern, we could say, and uh, uh, with a, a lot of success because uh, we we sold in all the world, so uh, it was really a, a good uh, a good item. Yes, I think they're very food friendly too. So you can either one of them or would just go great with salads and pasta or fish so they're they're very food friendly for yeah. sure um so you mentioned pinot noir as your one of your favorite grapes do you and you'd mentioned growing carmenere in that region but it's not you know that's very rare do you do you have any pinot noir planted anywhere but yeah we have a little uh, a little uh, vineyard of pinot noir but uh, for the moment, uh, we are not uh, make uh, a wine uh, from. We are, we are not selling a wine uh, from Pinot Noir. I had uh, experiences in. Uh, you said in Hamilton, Russia, no, in South Africa, it was a uh, very interesting. And their Pinot Noir was a uh, fantastic to work with uh, those grapes. But uh, could be a. Um, uh, I don't know, in the future it could be a label, but uh, uh, Ricardo Pasqua says uh, that uh, Pinot Noir is, uh, is not easy, you know? So uh, if we go to the market with Pinot Noir, it should be a really fantastic Pinot Noir. So uh, we, we, we will take our time. Yes, and any, any wine you put out is going to have a really high quality. So take your time, perfect it, and we'll wait patiently. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, during the pandemic, um, what yeah. did you? How was that for you in terms of working? Was it? How did that affect you? Um, how did you address the situation? Because yeah. it's crazy for everybody. Yeah, it was crazy for everybody. <laughs> you know, I I was really scared at the beginning. It was coming uh, here in the winery like a, a robot no? with uh, uh, several uh, masks, uh, uh, glasses. Uh, so 
I, I wear uh, uh, Gantz. Uh, so I was uh, really, really scared of the, the pandemic. Uh, even uh, speak uh, with our colleagues, so we, we took uh, the distances uh, and uh, we, we had to work. Uh, so it wasn't so strange, but it was strange to go to the work and uh, uh, in the street, uh, you, you, you saw the, the street empty, completely empty. empty. It was a, a little bit like a post-apocalypse, you uh, know. Was a really a strange moment, and uh, we did work. We work uh, all the day. We hadn't stopped for a while. We could, uh, as a team, uh, do what uh, we we wanted to do. So I think it was a, a really a good time for us to um, to understand that uh, uh, human being, uh, we in particular, we can uh, adapt. To the moment, we can solve the the moment going forward and not to stop, but thinking how to do, how to um, to see to uh, go uh, go on. You know, it was a really a good gym, a good moment in that terrible period. I think we 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 could create a lot of things. It was a was a, our reaction was very very good I think. I think we all definitely learned how to adapt. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so things things are definitely better now. It was we I really really enjoyed getting to go and visit the winery, um, and be in the vineyards. It was wonderful. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even for us, you know, to welcoming you because. Uh, uh, it's sad not to, to uh, not see uh, nobody. No, uh, yeah. It's a part also of what I, I love in my uh, in my work. To when I, I met you, to to uh, can uh, uh, show my knowledge, to give to you my what I, I know. So that is a, it's even a, what I like to do. So now, fortunately, we can do it. Yes. Yes, we can. The um, your winery is very sleek. Um, I really enjoyed all of the looking at all the barrel sizes and um, the stuff going on your, in your tasting room. Um, That's what I figured. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So is the is the winery somewhat new? When but, uh, I don't know if you we we. We bought uh, uh, a lot of uh, big bottles, you know, like 2,500 liters. I don't know if uh, when you came, they were uh, already were uh, in uh, in the barrel room. So this is uh, a new entry, and uh, we are expecting uh, some uh, concrete um, um, some concrete vats. So we are very curious on. Uh, work on it yeah that'll be so we want to control uh, the the maturation of wine so using different uh, um, different uh, oak you know bigger than the tonneau and the barrique so uh, changing a little bit uh, the finding of our wine 
So go. Uh, we are searching because we don't stop. We never stop. You know, uh, we are looking for uh, the perfection. No, but perfection doesn't exist. So we we, we follow that. Uh, we try to reach it. You know, and so we we, we try to use all the, the technique we can uh, understand. We we can manage. Uh, so uh, it is a, a research. You know. Uh, it's ever a new research, and that is uh, fantastic for us you now to even to change a little bit the the, the wine. You know? Yeah, it's exciting because wine is an evolution. I think you no, know? the taste change and the, the profile, our uh, expertise. So I think uh, we will uh, do better and better you know, in the future. Yes. I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, you're doing a good Hopefully. job now, so it's <laughs> yeah. um, that's exciting. So you do have you have a really pretty wonderful tasting room. Um, so maybe we just tell the listeners if you're in uh, in Verona, it's very close, so they could stop by and taste some wine. Um, would they need to go to your website to to do that? Is there a way to set up a tasting? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can go to the website and organize a, a tasting. Uh, all people are welcoming here, and they they do their Pascha experience. So they have a different cup. Uh, so they uh, we we show the wineries. Uh, so I think uh, it's very interesting, uh, and um, we are ready to do that. So uh, <laughs> it's a, a way to. Uh, and enter more in contact with uh, the wine, I think, no? because uh, you can ask uh, uh, if you have a question. No? You, you can uh, really ask what you don't know in the wine. You know? What uh, even is difficult to, to read, uh, I don't know, in a newspaper or whatever. Yeah. I think it's a good experience and opportunity for the, the customer. Yeah, it's definitely, if you're there in the winery tasting wines with, you know, people that work there, work for your company, it's, it is a great experience. And if anybody has the chance, they definitely should do it. Um, you do, because you do, there are a lot of, you have a lot of wines. Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot, <laughs> but it's fun. I, I'm excited. Um excited about to see what what the future holds with your wines yeah we have um, we have different wine because uh, we are uh, concentrated in veneto area but we we work even in uh, with uh, wine from puglia no it's very important for us uh, even some wine from sicily so we we cover few region in italy so we have a uh, different uh, uh, that is different, yeah, uh, grape uh, when um when I discovered that that you had a Puglia and Sangiovese, and it's like why how why why do they have a Puglia and Sangiovese? And yeah. then um, yeah, so I learned that the family was originally from Puglia. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. The first generation. Yeah. Yes. So that's I think that's awesome, and one more reason why we love you know to support support Pasqua. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, before I give the room back over to Joy, I just I want to say thank you so much for taking your time today um, to let me ask you some questions. Um, I hope that that some people learned something new. I, I hope that you enjoyed this. Um, it was fun. Um, so thank you. Thank you very much. 
No, it was uh, it's me that I thank you. It was a a great experience. It's my first my first time <laughs> that I do this thing. Uh, it's very exciting uh, and really I, I tell you thank you again because it was an opportunity to me. I hope uh, to uh, she to have uh, told uh, something to someone, no? okay, uh, to express uh, uh, what we do here uh, and what how we do the wine. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so okay, well I'm gonna turn it back over to Joy. Hi. Yeah. Yes. Um, how are you? Everything. It was a great interview. I uh, I'm not sure if we have any questions. If anybody has a question, feel free to raise your hand. And if you have a question but you don't want to speak live, you can always uh, just send me an email at info at italianwinepodcast.com and I will forward it um, to whichever, whomever you have a question for. Laika, do we have any anybody? I don't think so. Um, but I want to um, I want to just say thank you very much to both of you that was absolutely fantastic and it's uh, august 25th is our next one with jay di donato with marco zanai of castel noarna so definitely tune in for that on august 25th and as always have a fantastic evening thank you both thank you rebecca Thank you, thank you, Giovanni, for for the wonderful interview and the information. Thank you, thank Joel. you, thank you, you. Oh, and uh, Rebecca. Yes. It's like, oh, you must you must talk about wine a lot because even Siri is agreeing with you. Um, That's what I figured. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely fantastic. I love it. All um, right. <laughs> the recording. So. Have a wonderful evening, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. You too. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, the second early bird discount on tickets will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.